Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim, my god. <laughs> uh, we talk about horror movies on this show, and mm-hmm. this episode specifically is a winner, not the winner, a winner of last month's Patreon vote. Every month on patreon.com slash TV, our $5 patrons get to vote on one episode a month. Uh, however, the vote for this month, which you know was voted on all of, through all of October, was a tie. My God. And because we are the generous souls that we are, we're just going to do both of the... Because uh, there's four options. It's not like it was just two <laughs> options and then it was a tie and we're doing both. No, there was four options. Two of them are going to get done. So, the first of this, because it was a horror comedy, by the way, that was the theme of the vote, mm-hmm. horror comedies. Uh, so the first of the two winners was The Final Girls, which mm-hmm. uh, we're doing first. Uh, it didn't occur to me, we should have probably done that last, so I could have said the final of those two was The Final Girls, but hey, opportunities lost, <laughs> we're, we're, here we are, it's fine. So we'll start spoiler-free, as we typically do, and we will talk about this film. It's only a, only a couple of years old, came out in 2015. And it is a movie. It's kind of if you've ever seen Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is the the you know the movie where they get inside the movie and then they're inside mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, that's kind of what this is, but for slasher movies. It's kind of a knockoff Friday the Thirteenth, right down to the fact that they have the <laughs> except it's like you know it's, just, it's, it's like slightly different, so they can't get sued, mm-hmm. but it's it's the same thing and. We have these characters who end up inside the slasher movie. But the thing that makes it even more interesting is that one of the teenagers who goes into the slasher movie, her mother is in the movie. She was an actress who was in this movie when she was younger. And she died a few years ago. So it's this kind of weird thing where she gets to meet her mother again inside the movie. Uh, And that's kind of the idea. And they have to try and figure out a way how to survive and how to get out of the movie. And that's the plot of The Final Girls. So Tim, I always (laughs) ask the question... Did you enjoy... Well, we've all seen this before, so I shouldn't really phrase it that way. But do you enjoy The Final Girls? Uh, Yeah, I I like it quite a bit. Um, It's so weird because I I can't believe we haven't done this already. I I guess we must have talked about it uh, offline before because I know we've definitely talked about it in some capacity. But yeah, yeah, this movie is great. (laughs) I remember talking about it when it came out, yeah. Um, Because I was excited about it and then it is very good. It's actually surprisingly because i was looking forward to it when it came out but it's surprisingly mm-hmm. good for what it is and yeah i i think the the, the thing that makes it because it's very funny it plays with a lot of tropes mm-hmm. a lot of slasher movie ideas but i think ultimately what makes it as good as it is is that it actually has a g- pretty genuine heart to the movie yeah this story about this girl getting to see her mother again and then kind of what that leads to you actually kind of care it's got likable characters and you you kind of root mm-hmm. for them and it that's yeah, solid yeah, and the, I think it actually comes from a, a pretty genuine place because I, when I first saw this, um, I saw it in the theater and they had like a a Q and A afterwards, and I was talking to one of the writers who, uh, his dad, I think it was, um, uh, was actually in The Exorcist. Hmm. Uh, he plays, uh, yeah, like the uh, his dad's the priest in The Exorcist, and um, you know he. Uh, had like a weird thing where you know uh, his dad's dead now, but like you know he has his like his memory lives on like famously in this movie, and he can kind of like watch him you know anytime he wants. And I think that's kind of like the germ of the idea. And yeah, it it um, there's a lot of you know fun you know silly stuff in it, but uh, at the heart of it is this really yeah surprisingly emotional and personal story where. Yeah, you do have this um, 
you know daughter uh being able to see her her mother one last time and also you know in the little bit they have in the beginning it seems like they have a good relationship but the daughter's like you know a little frustrated with her and then you know you can tell like in the movie it seems like she's kind of seeing her like uh in this different light even though it's not necessarily her mom but this character that's Mm. in the movie but yeah you still kind of get like glimpses of you know this person and stuff and so it's a really really interesting uh movie definitely a lot more interesting than you think from just like hearing the trailer and the premise yeah Uh, they do a lot more you're expecting the goofy jokes and the goofy jokes are there and they're genuinely pretty good like they're they're good (laughs) i think what i like about it when they start to actually try and think about okay how do we survive this it's kind of in that weird way where I talk about how there's rules and they try and like use the rules to their advantage. This movie does it in a really interesting meta way where they think, what are the rules of a slasher movie? Because, you know, the, the first thought is, okay, that that girl there, she's the final girl. We'll stick with her because she can't yeah. die. <laughs> she's the one who's going to survive, so we'll stick with her. And then all the plans, they, you know, and then they, you know, they, they, they lure the killer out at one point with the slutty girl because that's the rule in slasher movies. If you have sex, the killer will come and he'll kill you. So they lure him out with the slutty girl doing like a dance and taking her like a striptease. <laughs> and it's just, it's really fun stuff where it's kind of smart, but it's smart in a really funny, witty way. Uh, and that's like really cool stuff for uh, for me. So. There's um I kind of almost wish they had more of this kind of stuff, but I love uh, whenever they would use like stuff in the movie, like you know when uh, they would try to escape by you know going into a flashback, like you know quick start telling the story so we can go into a flashback and get away, mm-hmm. uh, or yeah like using stuff like slow motion, um, you know I I, I kind of wish there was a little bit more of that uh, stuff in it though. Yeah, I could. I mean, I could probably do with a sequel. I don't know what the the emotional story would be for a sequel. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, I think the emotional story is told, which is why we don't need one. Yeah. But I could almost go for a sequel just so we could have more fun with the the weird movie effects and like, oh, this affects it this way, this affects it that way, yeah. and, uh, and and so on. Uh, by the way, they, they they get in the movie because there's a fire in the theater, and they they cut <laughs> through the screen to try and get out to escape the fire. And there's no, there's never an explanation as to why it happens. It's just it is, it is but it is. It's fine. Yeah, I, I like that they don't try to explain it though. Like, um, yeah, when when you have a movie that, you know, the point isn't really trying to get out. The point is, yeah, having this connection between like this mother and daughter and stuff. And then, yeah, you don't really need to bottle it, you know, boggle it down with some whatever explanation they would have given probably would have been pretty stupid uh but yeah it, it just works like you know you buy into the premise so quickly i actually i kind of like the idea especially watching it the second time that it doesn't really happen mm-hmm. it's almost kind of like no it's a, it's just because it's just like a metaphor for what she's going through as she watches the movie because she doesn't want to go it's just this you know anniversary screening of this slasher movie that her mother was in, and uh, one of her like her, her best friends, goofy stepbrothers, like, "Hey, you're the daughter who was in this," and like, mm-hmm. well, you can, I'll do all your math homework for the rest of the year if you if you come and uh, come come to see the movie. You'll be like a VIP, mm-hmm. and she doesn't want to go, but she agrees to it because she's getting something out of it. And I like the idea that since she died, her mother died, she's never watched any of her movies again because she feels weird about it. And yeah. like, but watching the movie, it's this experience of like, oh, I get to kind of revisit her memory in this weird way. I kind of like the yeah. idea that it is just all in her head, and it's just kind of how she's like going through the the process of like like how it makes her feel. Uh, maybe that's a bit artsy fartsy for what the movie actually is, but I, I, like I, I, I yeah, I could see something like that. Like there could like you could probably make a 
you know, uh, some assumptions like, oh, this is a, a dream or like, you know, they don't escape the fire. And then this is kind of like, I don't know, like a, <laughs> some hallucination or, or something they, they bring mm. on. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a lot of things that you can come up with. Uh, I, and I think it's all fine because the movie isn't telling you like, no, this is definitely what happens. It's like, yeah, just. Yeah. you know focus on this story and whatever you want to make of it if it's real if it's not really you know that's fine really good cast uh, uh oh yeah i'm thinking tasia formiga or tasia formiga i'm not sure if that's her name uh <laughs> she, she's a, a her big sister of course is an actress who and because of the age difference i thought i thought it was her mother but it's not it's actually just they've got a really big age gap uh, despite the fact that the sister's because of course our, our sister Vera Farmiga, who's in like Bates Mattel and stuff, like she's you know the Conjuring, the co- yeah, in the co- Conjuring, yeah, exactly. Like there's a huge age difference. Like you know she's a teenager in this, or at least close <laughs> to it. Maybe she's like twenty, but yeah. you know it's like a huge age gap. But she she's very good. She has like uh, obviously she carries the emotion of the movie. Melanie uh, mm-hmm. Ackerman plays her mother slash the the character in the movie. You've got mm-hmm. Nina Dorbev there, who's it's just it's fine. I've never seen Vampire Diaries, but she, that's what she's known for. Aaliyah Shawkat's in the movie. She's the best friend, uh, yep. of course, for Always Arrested Development. Yeah. Um, you know, Thomas and- Middleditch uh, playing the older brother who... He's he's just like one of the... I think I, I, don't, I don't think he gets enough credit, cause, but I honestly think he's like one of the funniest like actors right now. Like Silicon Valley is huh? great, and whenever uh, I've never you know, seen I it. hear him... I'd, I'd highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, and but yeah, if you ever get the chance to hear him on podcasts, he's like a great, great improviser, really, really Ooh. funny dude. Uh, so you have you also have the the sort of the the the, the boyfriend character, or the the potential boyfriend character, uh, mm-hmm. Chris. He's actually played by a guy named Alexander Ludwig, which mm. on my cat is running around <laughs> and it's been noisy. Uh, he's he, what's interesting about him is that. When I was watching this, I was like, this is strange. He looks very familiar. I've seen him, him in something recently. Not this time, the first mm. time I watched it. Do you, know, do you know what he was in that I watched the same year this came out? Mm, what's that? Oh, wait. Oh, wait. No, actually, I, oh, I do know. Uh, he was in The Final Girl. No, no that. Right? Just just Final Girl. That was the name of just the Just Final movie. Girl. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's The Final Girls, and then there's Final Girl. And... I, I forgot about that until yeah. Once you started mentioning, I was like, no, because I yeah, I remember at the time like yeah, my girlfriend was like, oh wait, isn't this a movie with that guy? I was like, no, it's the other movie with the same title with that guy. Yeah, like, he's in both movies. It's insane. <laughs> it's, it's insane that there's two movies with those almost identical titles out in the same year, and then the fact that two of them have the same actor. The the one of the things a shame is the other movie has a really cool plot, but it's just not as good as it could have been. Like it's just it's not executed to the same extent. Basically, the plot of the, the of Final Girl is that a girl is trained by a secret agency to lure serial killers in, and then it turns out she's actually a badass secret agent who can take them down. That sounds like an amazing movie. Unfortunately, yep. it's not that good. It's mediocre yep. at best. Because uh, she doesn't really use her skills at the end. It just kind of... Uh, nah, missed opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. But Final Girls, on the other hand, or the Final Girls, uh, <laughs> I think actually goes above and beyond in executing its idea which is which is good it's good that one of them panned out yeah and then i i feel like sometimes you get like um with this type of movie it's like uh like do i want to watch something that's like you know if you like slasher movies do you want to watch something that's gonna shit on slasher movies but it doesn't really like i feel like it's very no you know, it, respectful to the genre it does it actually can, I, I think it only works at, or it works better 
if you actually do like slasher movies because all the stuff yeah. that it's playing with and the, how they lure the killer out and how they do all this stuff it's like actually it's funnier if you care about that stuff if you're like oh yeah. I, I love that in movies and I think the other thing it does that's really fun is when the characters are interacting with the characters in the movie and oh, yeah. it kind of points out all the things that have changed part, part of it's because okay it's a movie so they're all really stereotypical uh, mm-hmm. but you know like, at one point they all kind of pair off with their counterpart like you know Aaliyah Shawkat goes with the other nerdy kind of person uh, the the boyfriend character goes with the sort of the dumb jock who wants to bang everyone and all he talks <laughs> about is sex and he's like really sexist mm-hmm. you know because at one point um, Nina Dobrev's character goes up to him and tries to ask him a question about how to get out of here and he just hey fun bags and he's like <laughs> fun bags alright yeah great yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, was, that's was feminist at the time wasn't it and like mm-hmm those little like sort of thing pointing those things out and like just kind of having fun with like how mm. 2d the characters are in the movie is actually and i think it would fall on its face if the actual characters were shit but luckily yeah. they aren't and especially the lead character max is mm. you know she has this emotional core it's her story she's well written enough that it actually works that you're making fun of the fact that all the slasher movie characters are all really kind of bland and uh yeah you know have nothing to them. Also, the movie starts with the the, the trailer for the movie because she's watching it on oh, a yeah. phone before her mum dies. Um, I just want to point out how much I love the line. Uh, they won't be saying "kumbaya." Oh. They'll, they'll be saying "kumbaya." No, <laughs> that is pretty great. I would if they ever made like a fake movie out of this uh, movie. I would definitely watch that. I would too. Actually, I think I would actually. Yeah, I think I agree with that. But uh, should we? So obviously we both like it a lot. Should mm-hmm. we uh, open up the spoilers at this point? Sure. Yeah. Let's let's go okay. full spoilers. But I think I think honestly I think we get closer to the edge and a few of those things we said than we normally do with this, the free spoiler yeah, section. Yeah, that's why I, I was kind of feeling. But it. <laughs> yeah. So so well, yeah. Full spoilers officially now from this point on. Uh, now one one thing. Um, and this isn't like a very spoilery thing anyway, but uh, one complaint that I do... I just, I, I just, I love that you, you know, for, like, for a good minute, like, should we do spoilers? I've got something really spoiler that I want to say. Should we do spoilers? Let's do spoilers, Pierre. Let's do spoilers. Okay, we're in spoilers. So this isn't that spoilery, but I've got to say this. Continue. Uh... <laughs> I, I wanted to I wanted to make this point, but in, but I feel like we're skirting spoilers, so I don't I want to be have that safety net. But sure, sure. Um, if I do have one complaint about the movie, it probably would be um, the the Adam Devine's character, the the sexist kind of jock guy. Mm. Um, I I don't know if like you'll agree with this, but I feel like his humor felt more like modern humor than like you know 80s horror guy just like the way he would like say stuff it's like uh like i feel like that's what you know someone would say in like a a modern comedy movie to you know like when you say something like go suck a turd i'm like oh that feels like something like oh i'm trying to say this weird dumb thing that you would see now and like it 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 doesn't feel as much of the times okay so I guess what you're saying is, is that on his character, they kind of nailed what they're going for in terms of the the dichotomy with the rest of the cast, but they failed in making the humour actually be 80s humour instead of just being really shitty humour that's present yeah. day. Okay. That's, that's what I felt like. Yeah. I don't know if people uh, will agree with me, but it it, it I, I think really I, stands out to me. Yeah, I, I think I do agree with you. 
I think it's not that big a deal because it still works for its purpose, if that makes sense. Sure. Like, it's still, yeah, wor- it, you know, the, the rest of the cast going, hey, he's a sexist dirtbag. It still works yeah. to get that effect <laughs> and it still has that humour because of it. But I kind yeah. of agree. That said, my favourite dumb line from him, uh, and I like that at the start of the, when they're watching in the theatre, they actually get to see just the crowd react to some of the dumb scenes. And he comes in and it's where he has sex with uh, Max's mum in the movie. And he comes in, like, just kind of like half naked and he's like, hey, I'm a thief. I'm a cherry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, I steal cherries. <laughs> he has like a like a cherry tattoo or something yeah. on him. Uh, <laughs> and the crowd are just laughing their ass off. I, yeah. I, like, uh, so, so there was fun to be had with it. I, I get what you're saying, though, that maybe with his character specifically, it feels like a modern take on that humour rather than the actual humour yeah. of the, the movies. Um, yeah, like I say, I really love the idea that there was... Because like, they're all kind of these archetypes. You got the nerdy guy, you got the slutty girl, you got the the quiet girl who you know loses her virginity, which is Maxie's mom. You got the dumb jock yeah. dude. You've got the badass final girl who has a car that says Paula on the, the <laughs> license plate, which is her name, obviously. Uh, and you got all this stuff. And that. Oh, I, I like how um, the the real life characters are kind of like Counterparts. they're all, yeah yeah they. Like on the surface level, they seem like they're also going to be these tropes, but it's kind of like uh, you know subverted because you have like the you know Max's love interest who's like this big kind of jockey dude, but he's actually smart. He's not like dumb. He's not like well, that, that was know... some, I was kind of hinting at that earlier. I was talking about how it points out the differences and how far we've come in some ways because there's a scene where he sits down with the actual you know jock character yeah. from the eighty movie, and he's got like a playboy. He's like, oh look at the titties on her. Wouldn't you like to do this and that? And he's like, ah, oh, but what about the articles? The articles are quite good. Um, he, he actually uses a homophobic slur against them. Yeah. And he's like, hey, my dads are gay. Stop that right now. <laughs> and he's like, how can dads be gay? They can't have kids. They're too busy yeah. dancing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was actually a pretty good scene. And then, yeah, it is um, nice that you, you can see him like get his comeuppance. And then, yeah, you get like, oh, this other guy, uh, he's not like that. And then... Um, I think they also did a good job with the, uh, the like the other uh, female character who, you know, you're kind of like led to believe, oh, she's kind of like the you know stereotypical like bitchy girl and stuff. But then she has like a nice little like emotional arc where she kind of talks about like, well, hey, like after you had your thing, like you kind of like abandoned me yeah, and like yeah, left fi- me out. Because and- it's just that's that's the love interest ex girlfriend, but it's also her former best friend when they were younger. And you find out that after her mum died, she kind of grew distant from her, and she kind of left her behind. And that, yeah, there's a bit of an arc. And I also like how they recognise the tropes of the movie, and they kind yeah. of like <laughs> use that to predict certain things. Like she gets really worried. Like Nina, Nina Dobrev's character, Vicky, she gets really worried. Like, hey, we're we're going to look the third act, and I'm like the bitchy girl who's just apologised to you. Yeah. I'm next. <laughs> like, this is where I die. This is where my character always dies. Like she, she actually starts to like predict that because of who she is. And I thought that was really fun stuff. It was really like, like I say, I like that the characters use the tropes from within the movie to try and beat the killer. Like, oh, we'll lure yeah. him because they have they have the the slutty girl who, by the way, as soon as they realise they're in the movie and they've admitted to the characters that they're in a movie, um, they have her like in boxing gloves and like a safety vest so she can't take her clothes <laughs> off because she might attract the killer if she starts being sexy. Uh, and I think that's really funny. And she's like trying, she's trying like desperately to like take her clothes off with the boxing gloves. Yeah. She can't do it. And it, and it's funny how like she she acknowledges it, but at the same time, it's not like she's a fully real character that is like you guys are crazy. What's going on? She's just a, you know very like 
hey, why are you doing this? Yeah, I don't get it. See, at the start, or not the start, but when they first get to the camp and we meet some of the other characters, and like two, two of our main characters are talking about something, and then they look back over at where uh, Chris is, the love interest, and the slutty girl is just like dan- grinding up against them, <laughs> and she's like doing this full on grind with her headphones on, and he's just standing there looking terrified. He's petrified of, of, of what she's doing. She's like, I'm uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. Why is she giving me a strip tease? This is what's going on. Uh, I think honestly, I think that's one of the the funniest moments too. Um, in, in my opinion, is once she does finally get to do her striptease, because uh, not only does she she doesn't get to she doesn't do it normally, but she does it after she's taken like a whole bottle of uh, um, I forget what they they were uh, was Ad- it like Adderall, I think Adderall, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so she's like freaking out, and then like yeah, they finally you know uh, get her to I, do again, the dance, but it's so I, I want, like <laughs> I want to paint the scene for this one, right? Basically, what they've done is that there's a, the front door of the, the, the building or the house. They've opened that, and it's nighttime, and she's just standing in front of the open door doing a striptease <laughs> to attract the killer, who then comes out of the fog in the distance. And, of course, he, he doesn't actually appear, though. It's actually when she lifts up her bra is when he finally walks out of the fog. That's when he finally appears. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like just just the idea of it is just so entertaining. Like I love it yeah. so much. Uh, but you don't see any of the, the nudity, of course, because I, I, I don't have a problem with that, but if I have one complaint, honestly, is that it's PG-13, and because of that, the kills aren't that graphic or anything yeah. like that. I feel like it would... It doesn't actually hurt the movie because the point of the movie and what makes the movie good still all works, but I can't help but feel like, you know what, if these kills were kind of gruesome and grisly, it might just bump it up just in a little touch, you know? Yeah, uh, it, it's it's kind of to the point where, um, yeah, like, I, I think, you know, the, it's hard to even remember the kills, uh, you know, really. Um, like, I mean, you know, I just watched it yesterday, so that's not that hard, but, like... You know, it when it had been like a year or something. You know, um, hmm. be, since watching it, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I don't really remember much of like the which horror is, aspect of it. Which is fine because everything else works, and that's not really the, the, the main point yeah. of it. But it would just be, it was it's kind of like Happy Death Day. Like we said that Happy Death Day, we really liked that movie. It was surprisingly really really good. But the one thing it could have maybe added on top is maybe just some violence, just to you know yeah. spruce it up a little bit and add a bit of color, a bit more red. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, so so you get that. So so and again, so Joe always talk about how I like when characters get proactive when they start forming a plan. And that's kind of what this this the strip tease at the door was. It was like they'd set booby traps around the house. They have that scene where they're setting up the trap for the killer, but it has that weird meta level on top of it where they're predicting what he's going to do based on movie rules. And I love it. I I love the the way it plays with those ideas. Um, and eventually we get to the point where we're down to like you know almost all the characters have died except max or mum and our boyfriend and like max gets stabbed and they they run off and her mum who she basically has been kind of almost accidentally telling her it's her mum the whole movie mm-hmm. and then she finally kind of doesn't say it but she cries in the right moment to kind of confirm that that's kind of who she is and nancy the, the character that her mum was playing is like hey like, the reason why he's not dead yet, he can't be killed, is because, like, we can't have a final girl unless you're actually the final girl. So she actually goes out and does the same thing. She starts to strip tease to, to the song that's their song. But she doesn't know that, but, like, at the start of the movie, when her mum's alive, they have this song that they listen to and they sing along together. And then this scene at the end, when she goes out to, like, strip tease to get the killer out so she'll get die so that Max can be the final girl. Mm-hmm. Which, I, again, I love that, again, playing with the trope, it's like, no, no, 
I have to die so that she can yeah. be the final girl, so that she can win. Um, and she's listening to this song as she's dancing, and uh, and then Max gets to because obviously it's PG thirteen, but you're allowed one mm. f bomb. So she comes out of the out of the the cabin after her mother's died, and she had to watch it again. She actually swings a machete around in her hand, and she's like, "You fucked with the wrong virgin." And <laughs> we have and this is the thing, like it's, it becomes the, the the final girl versus the the killer, but it's done in this over the top Mortal Kombat way where this, <laughs> the sky is like red and blue lightning, and like you're in this big endless field with smoke, and she she's doing like at one point she like skids under the the, the swing of his machete, like in slow yeah. motion, like he swings the machete, and she's like skidding underneath it, like you know, like she's playing a. What would you call that game? Under the pole. You need to lean Limbo? back. Sorry? Limbo? Limbo, there you go. <laughs> I just I forgot the word. I was like, you know. But she slides under it like she's playing Limbo. It's, it's, oh, it's, 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 it's over the top and silly, but it really works at this point in the movie because you're kind of... Yeah, it, it, it actually looks cool and is like surprisingly badass. And uh, yeah, I'll be like, honest, like the first time I watched it, um, yeah, when, when you get to that kind of final uh scene with like nancy and billy and you know their song comes on i got like a little teary-eyed i was like oh like this is uh (laughs) like surprisingly effective it's it's really uh, effective yeah and we didn't really mention um you know in the beginning when they they die in that car accident um and i mean even the first time watching it's like i feel like you're so trained now like with movies like whenever something like is too happy in a car i just feel like a crash <laughs> is coming on but the the crash in this movie is really brutal like it's you know it's not like well, a quick uh it's pretty brutal but it's also realistic enough that it feels like yeah. it hits harder like it's, I, I think if it was like this really over the top thing it would feel but it's because of the, it's the way it like, gets hit in the back and it's sort of skids round and then like it feels like a real and you crash. follow it for yeah, like you follow it for a while. It doesn't like I feel like a lot of movies, you know, you would see an impact and then we would cut to something. But yeah, no, this like goes like along for a while, and it's. I just remembered something that I never noticed on my first watch, but I did in this one that I want to point mm-hmm. out. So okay. the start, so the movie starts before this this car scene, and Max is in the car. She's a bit younger, and she's watching the trailer for the movie uh, on mm-hmm. her phone. And she puts the phone away, and her mom's got like some headshots because she's still doing additions mm-hmm. and stuff. And she picks up a headshot. And she turns it around, and her like her, her credits are on the back, her filmography. Mm-hmm. Were you paying attention to the movies that were in those in that list? <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. Now I think most of them are fake. Although to be honest, I could buy that like Coed Killers Two is a real thing. Like it, mm-hmm. it maybe is, but it sounds like it's just made up. But there was one real movie in that list. Really, I I, I think I I must have missed it because I I think maybe I looked at it, but I didn't pause it mm. and like look at it too hard. Chopping Mall. Oh, really? <laughs> Chopping Mall was in the list, and I—that's oh, pretty I, awesome. I—I <laughs> I thought I saw it, and I, I was like, I, "Did I see Chopping Mall?" And I went back, I rewound the Blu-ray, went back, and went, "Holy shit, that is Chopping Mall!" Oh man, that's I'm, cool. <laughs> I'm glad I caught that. That was that was good. Uh, what, what we've not mentioned, uh, we, we sort of glossed. I mean, we mentioned it in the spoiler-free section, but uh, so at one point, there's a scene in the movie where Max's character, or no, Max's mum's character, uh, Nancy, she's like the one who tells the story of the legend of uh, Billy, whatever Billy his name is, the killer. Murphy. Billy, Billy Murphy, there you go. And, because it's funny, because basically, our, our characters have seen someone die in the forest. They all run back into the main house, mm-hmm. and one of them's died as well. Uh, although he shows up alive later, and then the car hits him, so it's kind of a funny double death. Yeah. Um, but they come out of the house, and they're all scared, and they're like, no, we have to get out of here, they're like, Billy's here. 
and they're like, Billy? You can't mean... Yeah, Billy Murphy, he's here. And Ma- Nancy just kind of goes into this trance. Like, it's because he's been mentioned, she has to tell the story. Yeah. So she wa- <laughs> she walks over to the main part of the, the cabin, and all, mm-hmm. of the, all of the other characters from the movie all just gravitate towards the, the fireplace to listen to this story. <laughs> like, they're programmed to do it. And as she tells the story, like, this ooze like, starts to come down from the top of the screen, and everything turns... It's not quite... It's got a blue tint to it, but it's, so it's kind of like a blue sepia, but... Um, it's like black and white and when it goes to black and white and they're in the flashback or, or like heroes they're like wait I'm colorblind why am I colorblind what's going yeah. on <laughs> I think we're in the flashback which I actually I'm going to put out a bit of a plot hole here right so in this part of the movie when they get into the flashback only our real people go into the flashback but later in oh, the movie okay. when they actually use the flashback mechanic to escape because the, the killer's about to get them it's just like Max or mum and the boyfriend there he's about to kill them and she's like "Start, tell the story tell the flashback story tell his history and she starts telling the story and they all go into the flashback including her mum mm-hmm. and I'm like maybe you could argue it's because she's touching her at the time because they're kind of holding together but yeah. it's about it's like uh, I don't know you're playing you're messing with your rules a little bit there. It's not a big deal, but it's just I noticed yeah. it this time. I'm like, nah, wait a minute. Earlier on, that didn't happen. That's interesting. I, yeah, I never thought about that, but it's a good catch. Yeah, uh, and when they're escaping the first cabin, when the plan kind of fails and half the other people die, and like <laughs> you mentioned it earlier, but like as they're jumping out the window, mm. uh, because the killer comes jumping out the window as he's set on fire afterwards, and it's in slow motion. Like, I don't think I realised at first that our characters were noticing it was slow motion, but yeah. then, like, what's happening? <laughs> we're in slow motion! <laughs> yeah, and I, I think those, like, little touches are really nice, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what else, you know, they could have done, but it would have been nice if they had a few more things like that, yeah. that where, where you're, like, using the movie to your advantage. Um, yeah, it, it was constantly doing cool stuff like that, though. And then it does have that heart. So it, it hits when she kills the bad guy, it works. And then I love that she looks over and those there's credits appearing in the sky for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and going back to my theory that this is like all in her head as she's having the experience of like sort of, you know, watching the movie and having that sort of like, oh, I get to, I get to kind of relive and see my mum again through this movie. Um, it goes into the sequel because they all wake up in a hospital and everyone who's died, all the real people who have died are alive. And like, hey, we're fine. It's we're cool, and they're all in the hospital. And then the killer shows up, and it's like, oh, that's right. We're 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 in Camp Bloodbath <laughs> Two or whatever it's called. Um, and that's kind of the, the sort of funny cliffhanger to leave it on. And it's okay that it's a cliffhanger because I feel like, well, we got through the first movie okay, so you have to just kind of assume they'll get through the second one fine. Yeah. So. I <laughs> I really like with that, like, uh, one of their first, like, clues that they're in the sequel is, like, they look over and they just see, like, the doctor making out with the nurse. They're like, what's going on? It's, it's a really cheesy, like, this one, you never see this in a real hospital, so it must yeah. be a movie. Uh, it's just a really fun cliffhanger, and I love how the, you know, the nerdy brothers like, oh, this is even better than the first movie. Yeah. And I'm like, man, part of me kind of wants it, but at the same time, I get that it's just, we've already had the story, like, we've ended the story, we know they'll survive, because they survived the first one, even though they all died, except Max. And, yeah. um, you know, but it's part of me kind of wants it, though. Part of me wants them to play with it even more, and, like... I think it's one of those things now where we're having a lot of really good, unique, um, one-off horror movies, uh, like I feel like the last couple of years. And um, the only, like, well, a lot of these movies... <laughs> they're one-off until we have sequels for all in the next few years, but... <laughs> well, well, my, the, like, the, the point, like, I'm getting at is that, like, uh, most of these, like, I wouldn't want a sequel except for the fact that 
um, you know, I, I feel like they're very creator driven. And if the yeah creators have like good ideas for sequels, and I'm, I'm kind of like, all right, yeah, like all in, like you know, you, you trust them, um, you know, to deliver this, you know, one movie. So, uh, yeah, if they do have an idea, uh, could be good. Yeah, typically I kind of agree with that. Like that, that, that's what kind of makes it exciting. And you know, we still have like Insidious Four. You know, we still have some involvement. Yeah. It's, it's kind of it's you know it's it's, it's filtered as it's went on. But the writer was the right, still writing the third one and directed it, and I, I think he's still involved in the strip for the fourth one, even though he's not yeah. uh, directing. But um, you know, this, I, I kind of agree with that. But obviously, this this is spoofing movies from a time when everything had like eight sequels. So yeah, that said though, I feel like you know we just had Saw Eight, we're getting a fourth Insidious, <laughs> we're getting a third Conjuring, plus like multiple spin-offs. So there is still sequelizing happening. But yeah, I guess you're thinking about Don't Breathe. You're thinking about. The way like, you're thinking it, about it follows, it follows Get yeah. Out, like Get Out, yeah, those, like those kind of movies. You know, they feel like very singular, but at, at the same time, they also feel very uh, like you know creator driven. Yeah. Like, you oh, know, like there's a very singular force behind it. And if yeah, if that same that, person has an idea, that said, that never stopped them making crappy sequels in the eighties either. <laughs> like you know, very true. You know, very John true. Carpenter <laughs> made Halloween. It's a John Carpenter movie, yeah. and then they forced him to write a script for the second one that he didn't want to do. So, <laughs> and I like Halloween too, well enough. But you know, clearly, yeah. which by the way, did you hear mm. the new ones? Uh, ignoring two as well, they're dropping the sister thing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's really interesting, yeah. Okay. Uh, a small bit of Halloween news there mid-podcast, because I, I just remembered that. <laughs> um, so, I, I wondered, too, if the ending was a little bit of a, a nod to Halloween, too. It's like, you know, it's a hospital, in a hospital. Yeah, because yeah, um, obviously most of the movies obviously making, or not making fun of, but it's, it's a homage to Friday the 13th, it's a homage yeah. to Jason. Yeah, I wonder if, yeah, the fact that the sequel's in a hospital is kind of Halloween too. Yeah. And also, just like him bursting through the glass door, <laughs> reminded That's me right. of a... Uh, That's yeah. right, he does that at the end of Halloween too, you're right. Um, one other thing that um, uh, I don't I don't want to gripe on it too much, because again, it's not well, here we you go. Know, what, what the movie's about, but Negative I, I, I really... No, I I really didn't like the the mask for Billy that much. Oh no, I actually agree. His mask is awful. It's this. Yeah. It's like a big like, um, it's, it's like a, a tiki kind of thing. Yeah, like a, it's a big thick like tiki mask. Yeah, I, I, it's the sort yeah. of thing I'd expect like uh not even like a person to wear, but like on a statue, like in like so. It's yeah. like a, a movie does like oh we're going to like an ancient African village kind of like movie. Yeah, I feel like that's the type. Like, why is he wearing that? Like, I get that if you put the hockey mask on him and you have the sound effects that are similar, they'll probably have enough to sue you. I get, I right, get it, right? right? I, I really do. But give him like yeah. a, I don't know, like a, a, just give him a mask that is still something normal. Like it doesn't have to be anything like a hockey mask, but just something else that he could have picked up somewhere. Yeah, like I, I feel like. Um... Yeah, you know, or or even like you know, you could do like some type of Halloween mask or, or something. But yeah, ob- obviously you know something that hasn't been done before. Actually, and, uh, do you know what would have been funny? Now, admittedly, they'd that? have to clear the rights to this, but actually mm-hmm. get an actual William Shatner mask and just have the William Shatner mask, oh, yeah. <laughs> but with the actual color and stuff. <laughs> That'd have been a really funny sort of inside joke for anyone who knew how the the Halloween mask yeah. was made. That'd have been quite funny. But uh, yeah, or actually, the- maybe this is funnier. I don't know. But have a modern hockey like goalie mask. Okay. <laughs> you know, like the actual sort of yeah. grill one that everyone actually uses now, and not this old school thing. Yeah. That'd have been. I thought that'd have been funny. 
Yeah, it's like something like that. Um, again, um, I, I don't know if maybe if they looked at multiple stuff, but just uh, yeah, th- this ultimate mask—it's it, a little distracting anytime it's on screen. It's like I don't like that. Yeah. Um, it's too bulky. Uh, I think that's the main problem with it. It's just too because it—it's like it goes like over there, like it's wider than their head, yeah. which I, I feel like is weird. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's not—it's not a big deal, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, very. Uh, yeah, like the. the I, it's like um, overall, like the complaints I have about the movie are very, very minor because the good really, you know, outshines the bad. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's nitpicks. Like the, the the movie actually works so well for for what it's doing, and it has a much more of an emotion and a heart and a central story that I actually really like that I was not expecting. I was expecting to have some fun. I was not expecting to actually care about the the girls' like final fight with the monster. I wasn't expecting that, and for it to mean something like that was actually really impressive. Do you know what? We have been really lucky with horror comedies in the last few years. Like you know, we just had the Babysitter yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. Um, Happy Death Day was kind of a horror comedy, kind of more yeah. more in the middle, but like that was really good. Um, obviously, uh, the same year this came out, we had Cooties, which was a pretty. I, I like this more, but Cooties was still good. Um, yeah. Same in fact, I think it was the same year we also had Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, which I th- again I think mm. was maybe a bit weaker than the, these two, but was it also wasn't bad. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I still had a, some fun time. It was it was a bit more juvenile. Yeah, but I still had I still had a decent time. Like I'd still watch it again. Like I, like there was nothing mm. about it that turned me off of it. Um, yeah, so, like, I can't think of think of too many like really bad ones. Like uh, yeah, uh-huh. at the bare minimum, maybe they're ones that are just okay. But no, yeah. it's, I think we've had a good run because I think for a long time I expected them to typically be mediocre, if if not mm-hmm. outright suck. Uh, but we've had a really good run of them on the last few years, uh, and I don't know yeah. e- even um, like Deathgasm, like it wasn't as good as like oh, yeah. a couple of these, but it still had some really good moments in it. It was still some good core ideas. Yeah. Uh, I remember a particularly good dildo death in that one, if I recall <laughs> correctly. Yeah. Um, and it was someone, if I remember rightly, it was someone's mum's dildo, which made it even funnier. Yeah, I believe so. <laughs> it was one of the characters' mums, Dildo, and that, that's what made it hilarious. But uh, no, nah, so uh, but I think this is up there at the near the top of that pile. Obviously, oh, the other one that we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks uh, also was the other half one of the vote, Cabin in the Woods. I think would arguably be at the top of that mountain for you know for mm-hmm. for post twenty ten horror comedies. I think that's the the victor. So we'll be talking about that in a couple of weeks' time. So look forward okay. to it. Um, but Final Girls is really up there. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, yeah we we have been we have been blessed with good horror comedies in the last few years, mm-hmm. which have actually had heart. Because I think this and Babysitter, I think both have a lot of heart. Surprisingly, that mm-hmm. I was not expecting. Uh, yeah. So I fully recommend checking this out uh, if you can grab it or if it's streaming or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which it definitely was for a while. I don't know if it still is. It, Obviously, you know, because they go on in and out. Of, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I, I suppose we're ready to rate mm-hmm. the movie, Tim. If you're, if you're game. Uh, yeah. Um. Good. I was worried you were going to say no, and then we'd just be in this holding pattern <laughs> for like hours and hours until you said, "Okay, that's right now." Um. Well, I, I, yeah. I've, I've been trying to. I've been going back and forth between an eight and an eight point five. Um. I I like it a lot, but. I think I'm going to settle with just an eight. Uh, I think if there's just a few minor things, like 
yeah, maybe a little better mask and, and definitely some better kills Tim, to Tim, up the horror. Don't apologize for an eight. eight. Eight is a great <laughs> score. Like eight is great. Seven is good. Eight is great. Nine is amazing. Ten is one of my favorites. That that is the. I know. I just feel like, uh, yeah, I, I I was wrestling with it in, in my brain. So it's one of the things actually I've noticed is that my my scale, like my my ten point scale for rating movies, has shifted a little bit because I feel like in the past I've been too lenient. And there's a lot of things that I've went back and went, you know what? No, I gave a lot of things eights that should be sevens and a lot of sevens yeah. that should be sixes. Uh, and so so to me now, an eight is actually quite something. Like, you know, I give a lot more sevens than I do eights because, mm-hmm. and I give a lot less nines than I do eights and I give a lot less tens than I do nines, obviously. Um, so yeah, never apologize for an eight. An eight is a fantastic B plus of a movie. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's fine. So... Uh, I agree with that score. I agree with eight out of ten, okay. and I, I really like the movie a lot. I think, um, like I say, it's got an emotional core. It's got an emotional character story that I really was not expecting to get into it the first time, and it never suffered in the second viewing. And I, I was never going, "Oh, these jokes don't work anymore" because I've seen it already. I laughed at yeah. all of them again, and I enjoyed the inventiveness of the characters all again. I think, if anything, the only part of the movie that kind of falls as a section, and it's a really short section, it's after they've been in the house for their plan and they've, they've jumped out for slow motion, there's like a small bit where they're actually just running from the killer, as if it's meant to be like a suspenseful sequence, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of like, well, I'm, it's not that kind of movie, I don't really care about the actual running parts. So that is like the only, yeah. and it's just a small <laughs> chunk, because then they get to the, 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 the flashback bit, so it's a really small couple minutes, but it's the only mm-hmm. time where I went, oh, this is kind of like... You know, like it's not working in the sense that I don't yeah. really care about the chase as much. But then after that, it's all the emotional stuff with the payoff of like her mother sacrificing herself for her, and she's the mm-hmm. final girl in the fight and all that. So it's a it's like a bit slither of a bit where I'm like, eh, whatever. I don't really care about this bit. Yeah. But <laughs> the rest of it, the rest of the ninety minutes is a blast. So mm-hmm. final girls, cool. <laughs> I fully recommend it. Um, credit credit to director, writer director, who we've not mentioned. Uh, oh, not, yeah. not writer, director, just director, sorry. I'm giving him credit for things he didn't do. <laughs> uh, Todd Strauss-Schulson is the uh, is the name of the of the director. So, Friend of the show. <laughs> That's a callback to our previous <laughs> review of Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. Hey, now, what do you say about my sister? Tim, you made that same joke in the last video. <laughs> I can't help it, it sounds like a... It sounds like an insult. You know, Tim, I love how you make it really obvious which two episodes we record back to back because you always reference a joke <laughs> from the first one we did and the second one and you leave nothing to the imagination. <laughs> yeah. That's my thing. <laughs> uh, you know, we don't really have an outro line for this show. You know, I do the, the plugs. I, I say, like, mm-hmm. you know, check out this stuff, go to Patreon, blah, blah, blah. And I just say, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see you next time at the end. I, I almost want to add in... Because like, for, for the TV stuff, I always end with Have You Got Any Vanilla? And that was like a really dumb lane that was on Iron Fist that we laughed a lot about. So we just kind of used it as the, the outro line. Um, I kind of, for the end for the end of for the end of these, I, I kind of want to adopt, you won't be singing Kumbaya, you'll be singing Kumbaya, no. I kind of want to adopt that, that was the outro it's a line. Little, it's, a little, it's a little wordy. I, I say just stick with mm. Kumbaya, no. <laughs> Kumbia no. It's hard to say kum, <laughs> kumbia no with the ya noise. Yeah. I don't know why, but it is. Kumbia. Mm. Kumbia no. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, 
All right, whatever. I'm not going to do it. I, I was just suggesting that I might. I'm. Do what? We're going to find something. We're going to get a line of dialogue that I love mm. so much that's going to become the new outro line for the show. I, that, well, we're going to do it. I have an outro line, but you always cut it before before we stop. Joe, you know what's funny is I kind of do that to Matt, but I don't actually do it to you. Tim's lying. He's just saying this because <laughs> he, he, he has no way of, like, I have no way of proving that that doesn't happen. So he's just trying to make fun. But I actually do that to Matt sometimes. I have an outro line that is so disturbing that it'll drive you mad and Pete's forced to cut it from the podcast. This man does things with the sea bomb that I have never seen any other man do. <laughs> All right. It's just a, a long <laughs> list of my political leanings. <laughs> <laughs> and this, 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 I'm not even going to say what direction they're in, but they, they just lean so far in a direction we cannot possibly hear them. <laughs> with that said, like, subscribe, all that stuff. Let us know what you think of the movie in the comments if you've seen it. Uh, Get us on Twitter at mild underscore fuzz. Um, if you want to support the channel and everything that we do here and support the show, head over to patreon.com slash TV. Of course, those perks include getting to vote, uh, much like this movie was voted for, once a month. And you also get to submit movies to the, the, the crypt, which is like this to-do list that we, we form. And every so often we'll pick one out of the, that is for submitted and we'll do those. So if you want access to those perks that are specific to streams after midnight, uh, you can get those on patreon.com. Uh, but yeah, that is that is us so thank you once again for watching keep watching scary movies or even funny scary movies in this case uh which by the way we never actually said why it was horror comedies for the vote this month it was just because we did so many horror movies last month that we wanted Mm -hmm. a you know light and breezy couple of movies to or one movie but it ended up being two but Mm -hmm. here we are so uh see i feel pressure to give you an outro line now that i've I've set one up and i don't have one ready so -hmm. thanks for watching (laughs) <laughs> Keep watching scary movies. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Oh, I'll fail at life. <laughs>